With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Thursday. Welcome to another edition of Mean Streets, powered by FTN, right here live on our FTN Network YouTube page, as well as Game Plus Network. Always a great lineup. Uh, always, always super thrilled. I just sit there. I pinch myself. How the heck am I on Game Plus Network and all of our shows from FTN? We're happy with our partnership over at Game Plus Network. As I mentioned, always really a great lineup over there, all in football uh, with Jake Seeley three times a week. You can see the fantasy footballers. You can see Pat Mayo, the Mayo Media Network, all over the Game Plus Network as well. We're happy to be here with you guys, hanging out live in our uh, FTN Network YouTube channel. Smash the like button. you have any comments, any questions, you can leave them there. We're really going to talk uh, a lot of NFL and a lot of NHL here today as well. Um, we have two great guests uh, usual Brian Cook of FTN, our very own. He's going to drop by. We're going to talk about tonight's Thursday night football game, the Commanders and the Bears. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another primetime stinker. We have a total of like 38 and a half. Both teams have struggled to move the ball offensively. Uh, one team doesn't even want to pass the ball <laughs> in the Chicago Bears, and another team in Washington kind of passed happy to start the season. Uh, Carson Wentz has thrown some picks. Dave Montgomery's looked good in uh, the games that he's played in. And Darnell Mooney's starting to trend up a little bit. We will have some Thursday night football props for you. Uh, Cook and I will break down the game preview, take a look at some things that he is looking for. And we'll also take a look at the week six schedule as well, as we always do highlight a few games uh, that he likes. And then we have Neil Parker on as well. You can catch him over on the Twitter machine at Neil Parker Bets. Uh, he is a sports betting analyst with Sportsbook Review. And he's a really, really good friend of mine. And a big part of the reason, a big reason why I'm where I'm at, honestly, uh, in this industry, talking fantasy sports, talking sports betting. Neil and I made a fantasy sports website years ago, uh, years ago called Fantasy Sports Locker Room. Shout out Parker, Mike Omelon, John Collins, Esther McLaren. Uh, we rolled with that and a few of us ended up getting jobs over at Anthem Sports and Entertainment. And here we are uh, today. Fast forward, I don't know. 11, 12 years, uh, and we're doing a show together on Game Plus Network. So super excited about that. Neil does some great work. He covers absolutely everything. He's a big Leafs guy, so I won't, I won't be too hard on him. But yeah, for him, a little goal Caulfield just for Neil, Neil Parker. I got to have my moment, you know, because the 
This will be a long season for the Blue Bon Rouge, uh, and the Buds will be just fine. They're in action again tonight. So Neil and I will break down the 10-game slate in the NHL. We're not going to go over every game. He does have some shot props, some things that he likes. And also, as I mentioned, he's a big football guy as well. So we will highlight a couple uh, picks against the spread, things that he likes. But we will take your uh, start and sit questions if you have any. Uh, now's the time to kind of get them in with Brian, with Neil, myself. I have some NHL props and things like that. A little bit of uh, NHL heavy off the top. Yesterday was a pretty good day. Uh, we were stuck the other day on Kevin Fiala, and I, I just felt awful about it. I mentioned yesterday, I really wanted to bounce back. Uh, and I think we did in, in a big way. Uh, threw in full 14 goal scores in our in our Discord channel. We hit nine of them. Uh, we had a couple same-game parlays uh, towards the end of the night that we cashed. 14 to 1 uh, in the Avs and Blackhawks game. And it was uh, just a point parlay. We had McKinnon and McCarr for two points. We had uh, Lekkinen for a point. Chuskin for a point and Ranton for an assist. And the same thing in Edmonton. That one didn't pay out as nice, but four to one. Uh, Drysdale and McDavid for two points. We had Hyman for a point and we got lucky at the end. You need a little bit of luck to get those parlays. Not going to hit them consistently, uh, but we did have luck on our side last night. We had a Vander Kane. Uh, we actually had him for an assist and he passed it off to Connor McDavid, who had a four point night last night. But the reason I'm saying this, there's still time to be part of the FTN family, ftmbets.com slash pricing. You can use the promo code Meanie, save yourself 20% off, and you're not just going to get my picks, you're going to get everybody's picks, not just in the NHL, across all sports over at FTN. It's October, it's the best sports month, sports month out there. We got playoff ball, you know, just unbelievable, right? Postseason ball is just fantastic. Uh, and then we have college basketball, you know, around the corner, college football, NFL, NBA tips off next week and, of course, the NHL stuff. So tools, projections, discord. And as you saw on that board, still time to draft fantasy hockey uh, leagues. Uh, you know, in Yahoo, ESPN, Fantrax, if you're drafting this week before uh, Monday, this Sunday, October 16th, your season will begin on Monday, October 17th. So we have rankings, sleepers, busts, breakouts, predictions, uh, future articles, all kinds of goodness. And a lot of people have reached out about just an NHL DFS package, and we didn't have that. I know the first year at FTN we did, and then we grouped it into all the sports. But there's some people out there that just want an NHL DFS package. So we have you covered here um, as of today, you see. 149, 149.99 for the entire season. You could do monthly if you want, but you could also use the promo code Meanie and you'll save yourself 20%. That's just going to be about uh, a buck 11, roughly buck 10.99. Uh, you see the promo at the end, 40% off code uh, for FTN bets, the package included. Uh, we have daily content. Kenneth Lee will write some articles today. Yesterday in our article, we had uh, Arturi Lekkinen with three points. We had Seth Jarvis who had a goal. Uh, so we have, you know, a, a few... And just not just analysts over at FTN, the Discord channel is really sharp. You have access to that premium chat. There's a lot of people in there that are having success. I saw some, you know, some green screens yesterday in the Discord channel. It's always a really good conversation of, you know, with the subs and with, you know, us at FTN. It's just, we're a lot of hockey, we're just a big time hockey fans. <laughs> and we're having conversations left, right, and center, learning a thing or two from subs. And hopefully they learn a thing or two from us as well. So if you're looking, uh, I believe that wraps up October 21st. So you have some time uh, if you're thinking about joining us. But uh, lots of bets here on this show. And I did have some three stars that I wanted to go over. Actually, you know what? I'll do it quickly, the three stars. I have a list of fantasy hockey waiver wire pickups. Just guys that I notice are, are widely available. Um, you know, guys that we certainly had in our draft kit, but now is the time to kind of pick them up before they really start to heat up. I'll share that list with Neil in just a little bit, but this three stars, Tyler, if you have it, 
This is something we're going to probably do every day. I'll try to make it like, you know, if a stud pops off like McDavid, right? He had four points last night. He picked up point number 698, 699, 700, and 701 for his career. He's got 701 points in 488 games. Like, what an absolute freak. He is just touching the peak of his prime. My goodness. Uh, so we'll always probably have like a stud, you know, missing on this board is David Pasternak, who also had a four-point night, but he didn't have a hat trick. He had a goal. His shot prop cleared in the first period, though. We love that. Uh, pasta for sure. And then I'll try to include like a waiver wire guy too. And that would be Lekkonen, you know, two goals, three points last night, three shots on goal. All three of his points were on the power play. He's got 16 goals and 24 points in 37 games as a member of the Colorado avalanche dating back to the postseason as well, playing on the top line, playing on the first power play unit, just a really good player that we had in the draft kit as an undervalued slash sleeper. And then Cole Caulfield is a breakout candidate. He had two goals last night on five shots. We had his shot prop as well. We probably won't get two and a half anymore for Cole. He's a guy who really, really loves to shoot the puck. 24 goals, 37 points in 38 games of Martin St. Louis. I don't think he's a point per game player, but he is playing to that uh, with St. Louis because his ice time went from 14 minutes a game with Dom Ducharme to 18 minutes a game. You know, definite first power play, first line. Uh, and Nick Suzuki is a pass first guy, and he is always looking Cole Caulfield's way. So we'll take a Quick break here. Uh, we see some people hanging out. Albert's in the house. Phil, Mike, uh, the streets are mean. What's up with Melvin Gordon being, uh, um, what is this, um, serp? What is, what's that word? Usurped? I don't know. It's a new one for me. Uh, by Latavius. Latavius is a guy we talked about on the show. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a crowded backfield as early as this week with Mike Boone sprinkled in as well. We'll take a quick break from the hockey talk. We'll bring in Brian Cook. We'll talk tonight's football game. Take a look at week six. And Neil is hanging by as well. So we'll be back for the hockey fans here on Mean Streets. You, sir. Gotcha. Gotcha, Phil. We appreciate you. Uh, hey, dude, I can't read. I can't speak. I'm just here to talk sports. And we'll do it after the break. Hang tight. Welcome back in. We got our guy, Brian Cook, in the house. Five underscore four underscore six. We missed you last week, dude. So we're happy to have you back here on the show to preview a burn burner tonight, Thursday night football, Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders. You know, we missed you last week, as I mentioned, but chatting back and forth in the, the discord on the Thursday night football game last week, you actually nailed it. You you called the Colts. I, I thought the Broncos were going to win that game. I, I don't really want to waste time talking about Russell Wilson again, but we do have another <laughs> primetime game with Russell Wilson this week on Monday night football against the Chargers, but uh, good on you for calling that game. And of course, for those that are unfamiliar with Brian, just stumbling across the show, he does some great work over at FTN for us, covering some data and things like that. Maybe you got a sneak peek uh, for us, but tonight bears and commanders. Mm -hmm. I know you're, I know you're going to watch. Uh, yeah. I, cause I know how hardcore you are, but we did see a comment from, from Phil here earlier in the house. He said, it's just nice to take a night off of fantasy and watch none of my players in Commanders versus Bears. Uh, so that's not bad, right? If you don't have anybody from this game, you can just sit back and watch, and hopefully we can see some action. What do you think? Yeah, no, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, because you got pretty much the battle of the Beatons, right? Uh, Justin Fields has been playing underwhelming. Um, and it's weird because Washington has so many guys that you would think would make them, you know, formidable. But with that being said, it's just like they can't put it together. You know what I mean? I mean, that uh, that receiving core is dynamic. So I actually have Curtis Samuel on my fantasy team, so I will be tuning in to see nice. if he can continue to do what he's been doing all year. But, oh, boy, it's going to be a sight for sore eyes tonight. 
<laughs> might be. Uh, so Tyler, check this up for us. I think some things have changed a little bit in terms of the matchup. It's basically a pick em. We have a total here at 38.5. This game, of course, happening in Chicago. Use our prop shop parlay calculator to get the best possible odds. Um, so this is the matchups for the week. I don't know if you have the matchup for tonight. It's all good if you don't. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's a pick em. If you're backing the Bears on the money line, you can get plus 100 over at Unibet. And uh, if you're backing the Commanders, you can get minus 112 over at FanDuel for the best possible odds. And as I mentioned, uh, 38. I'm seeing some 38s there, 38 and a half. And then the spread is just, as I mentioned, it's it's a pick em here, right? So I, you're just better off taking whatever team you, you think on the money line. But what are some things you're looking for? This is some people in this chat, right? I think Fields might surprise some people. This team is not... They're, they don't even really want to throw the football, right? They, they yeah. want to run, which I think... I think we all knew what happened heading in, right? Just new coaching staff, you know, two running backs that are good in Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, um, you know, a rushing quarterback in fields. They really didn't do anything to help him in the off season, right? They didn't sign any weapons. The guy they drafted was Velas Jones. I mean, he showed up, he had a touchdown last week. That's great. He hasn't shown us a whole lot. Like, Dante Pettis, Economia St. Brown, right? We like mm-hmm. Mooney as a player. I do anyways. He's starting to trend up. And Cole Komet is a guy who's definitely wrong on. I thought he'd get a lot more looks and targets and catches. He's been very quiet. And I don't know if Washington's going to be able to push the pace for Fields to have another or a game with like 30 dropbacks. Is probably a guy, he's passing your props like a buck 67, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it makes sense. And um, you talk about Cole Komet. I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed in, in you know, developing quarterbacks. And quarterbacks that struggle are these quarterbacks that when they want to get on pace or when when offenses put the right guys around them or they have more of a, a success with young guys, it's usually because they have a strong tight end. And that's their pacifier in a lot of cases. So for them not to be using Cole Komet, who is a solid tight end, uh, is a little bit alarming to me. In the past game, I would think that he would get more, see more, and there'd be more production there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like you said, man, this is going to be one of those games where we don't really know what they're going to do. The bears, we know they're going to try to establish a run, but I mean, their passing game is just not there yet. So I'm not really sure how you would want to combat that really. Uh, if you're Washington, obviously probably blitz the mess out of Justin Fields, right? So if they do pass, Mm -hmm. he gets it out quick and you got solid corners on the other side, you should be able to make some plays. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. It shouldn't be that great of a game. Or it could be a shootout because both teams just don't play any defense, right? So (laughs) you never know, really. Would you buy low on Mooney from a fantasy standpoint? His last two games, you know, 10 targets, six grabs. He had 94 yards week four against the Giants. He had 52 yards last week. His first couple games, I mean, he had eight yards and negative four. I'm looking ahead at the schedule, and there's not a lot of like teams that I feel will test them will they're, where they'll have to throw the football. You know, you got Washington this week, at New England next week. I guess at Dallas week eight, you know, if Dak's healthy, that could be a game where we see, you know, Fields throw the football a little bit more. Miami, Detroit, Atlanta, the Jets. Like these are, are actually games that Chicago may be able to just kind of hang around, play that slow pace, you know, outside runs and things like that. You got Green Bay week 13, but it's just such a long ways away. Uh, you know, if you had Darnell Mooney on your squad, would you look to maybe sell high after a couple decent games? Would you look maybe for him to have a game tonight against Washington? You mentioned the defense. This is a team that's given up a lot of passing yards so far this season. Mm-hmm. Or are you just like, you know what? If I don't have Mooney, it's not the end of the world. But 
if you did want him and if you are a fan and you think it's going to, you know, progress for him uptick, you could get him for cheap. I mean, he's, he's widely available. You may be on your waiver wire. Yeah. I, I would say too, like, that's one of those guys that by default, he's going to have to, to get a lot of targets, right? He's going to, if they pass the ball, he's going to have to get a lot of. All right. Live television here, folks. I don't know really what happened. Uh, our apologies. We just got cut off there. Maybe that's a sign. Maybe you just don't want to <laughs> Mooney. Poor guy. Uh, here's a question as you guys are just catching back up with us here. Let me just timestamp and away we go. Block number three. Now uh, we got Brian <laughs> Cook, Chris Meany here in the house. Reese is here. He says Mooney or Elijah Moore rest of the season. Which wide receiver would you rather have? Um, yeah, so this is a good one. And I actually did a study on this today. I tweeted it today, nice. but I'm, I'm an Elijah Moore guy. And the reason why is because the target share that the Jets have amongst their top three wide receivers is top five. Um, I did a report earlier on the top five teams that have uh, the lowest target share differential between their three receivers. So surprisingly, Green Bay, well, not surprisingly, but Green Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay were in the top three. Also, the Jets. The Jets were number two, actually, of all of the five teams that I saw. Um, and that's just saying that they, they spread the ball around a lot. Elijah Moore's going to get his. And, and I think that that's a big thing, especially for how much they pass the ball. Um, and then, you know, Mooney, just not, I'm just not really sold on him. Yes, he's going to probably get the most targets of, of the share. But with that being said, they want to run the ball anyway. So. Um, I'm not a big Mooney guy anyway, in terms of production, he's really a glorified number two or three receiver, uh, you know, in a perfect world. So he's being forced to be the number one guy and it's not really him. So, no, I agree. It, it isn't really him. I like him. I mean, he had a nice little grab last week, but it certainly is a, a run heavy offense guys. If you have any questions, now's the time let's, let's finish preview in this game. Then we can get to those questions in a, and maybe a couple of games that you, uh, are looking at for week six as well. So do you have anything to add on the Washington side of things? I mean, Curtis Samuel has been great. Uh, now we have a, a complete committee in the backfield, right? But Antonio mm -hmm. Gibson's snap counts have just gone in the wrong direction. Yeah. You know, he was in the doghouse before the season started. Brian Robinson Jr., you know, made his NFL debut last week. And, you know, he had more carries than him. Gibson really hardly touched the the rock, um, you know, running the ball. J.D. McKissick, is, it looks like he's just kept that third down role, passing down role, two-minute drill role that he had last year and the year before. How do you see this playing out, this backfield? Do you have major concerns about Antonio Gibson's role in this squad? Yeah, I think the, the concerns lie in the fact that J.D. McKissick is always been their third down or sub package back. And so for Antonio Gibson to take that spot with the way that he's been playing, he's going to have to really showcase something. What works in his favor, and I mean, it might be too late, but what works in his favor is from in Memphis, he was a receiver anyway. So yeah. he should be, in my opinion, right, you would think he'd be the better sub down back. But you never really know. Um, and then Brian Robinson Jr. is just – I think he's going to get more carries. He's a strong runner. Um, you know, that was his first uh, week back, and, and they gave him the, uh, the load. So I would venture to see how he's going to uh, do the rest of the year. But I think he's going to be the premier guy there. And then, you know, Antonio Gibson will get in where he fits in in that offense. Yeah, for example, like just looking at Vegas and some of our projections included in the FTN Fantasy Package, if you want to be part of the family, of course you can. We'll be with you throughout the entire season. We have links inside of the description of this video to join our package and projections are there, rankings and things like that. But I was looking at Vegas odds. I mean, they know what they're doing, right? They they build huge buildings uh, in Vegas uh, for a reason. And 
we have Robinson at 11 and a half, 12 and a half carries some books. That's what Vegas has. And then, you know, his rushing yard props around 46, 47 and a half. And for Gibson, they have no rushing attempts at all. And his rushing yard props at 19 and a half. But you're right. He was a wide receiver converted running back. Maybe that's why, you know, uh, Ron Rivera doesn't like his style, the way he runs like a bit of a stutter step. He's not a prototypical running back, right? Uh, he's done a great job in that role over the past couple of years, but they drafted Robinson, I believe in the fourth round, clearly they, they, you know, Ron Rivera had an idea of what kind of running back he wanted to be first and second down. And I think he's an option to, to score here tonight. You know, there was somebody here who mentioned props. I have a couple, Brian, that I'll share with you and, and see yeah. if you like these or not. Um, it was Steve Robinson in the house. What's the best go-to prop tonight? Um, Tyler, if you want to chuck them up, I think it's Montgomery, right? I think it's Dave Montgomery. And I like his receiving yards here tonight. Yeah. So we have the tracker at 14.5, but it's currently now live at 15.5. He returned last week. He had four targets, four grabs, 62 receiving yards. He's averaging 25 receiving yards this season. He's got 10 targets and nine catches, which are second on the team, believe it or not. <laughs> and he missed a game. Uh, and then I have his catch prop there at two and a half at plus 130. Uh, again, this is something that he is uh, he's had 14 plus receiving yards in his full three games. You know, he left one game and then last week, you know, he came back uh, and it was really cool. Herbert mm-hmm. talk to me about this backfield because Herbert's proved that he could be the guy, but when Montgomery's there, he's definitely the lead. Right. And I expect that to yeah. continue today. Like Herbert's a tough guy to start when Montgomery's active. Yeah. And, and in no means am I saying this in terms of these are the same two players, but you get a lot of the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, feel with those two guys and not in terms of uh you know they're as good as those players because they're not let's be honest they're not yeah but um the idea i think that chicago is trying to employ is similar to what cleveland tries to employ what they do uh and the one thing that i will say in terms of david montgomery and his prop is one thing that chicago does and this is a plays a huge uh pay or i'm sorry plays a huge role in pacing is screen passes they do a lot of screens they like to get those guys involved on quick dink and dunks get him out in space, get blockers in front of him. So I could see him getting three catches and all three of them being screens, right? Uh, right. You never really know. But with that being said, yeah. And then Herbert comes in and, and he's going to be that guy who's the one cut, get downhill, you know, that type of player where Montgomery is more of a mix of both. I'd say he's more of a patient back rather than he is a one cut guy. Uh, so you get two different dynamics. That's why they use them the way that they do. And honestly, I like it. If they just had a better line and a couple more weapons uh, in the receiver side, they they would be really, really good in my opinion. So it's it's hard to go to like any Mooney or Komet props. It's just really tough, right? Uh, yeah. as, as I said earlier, I don't think Washington is going to be able to push the pace. But just to kind of bring that up again, so you saw on that board, it was two and a half grabs and 14.5 receiving yards dating back to last season as well. It's a number that he cleared in six of his final regular season or six of his final seven regular season games. Some big totals here, dude, too. 17, 61, 23, 39, 51, 28 receiving yards. Uh, He had at least three catches in five of those games. He had a four-game stretch where he had eight grabs on nine targets, six on seven targets, five on six targets, and seven on nine targets again as well. So it's a bit of a it's not just this year. It's a, it's a larger sample size dating back to last year, basically same different coaching staff, but same kind of personnel, like nobody, nobody really outside of Mooney to catch the ball. So we do like Montgomery. You're on Curtis Samuel. Uh, You've had to be pleasantly surprised and 
did you draft him? It was he a hot waiver wire pickup for you? Yeah, I, I drafted him late. And for nice. me, I think the thing that I saw when he was in Carolina, which is what I thought that they were, they were going to try to do in Washington, was they just put him all over the field. Uh, they're going to get find a way to get him touches, whether it's him running the ball, whether it's him catching it, whether it's him getting a screen out of the backfield, whatever it may be. Um, so that was kind of my thought process behind grabbing him was, hey, if they're smart, if Washington's smart, they use him similarly or the same way. Uh, they got enough guys on the outside, right? They can put him in the slot and they can put him in other places and, and find ways to get him the ball. Uh, and yeah, I won't say that I'm super surprised. I think I'm more surprised at what he's been able to do with his opportunities, um, you know, coming off of the injuries. Uh, but I'm not surprised at the fact that he's gotten the opportunities. I knew he was going to get them. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, he's playing more snaps and running just as many routes as Terry McLaurin. Like, he is clearly Wentz's guy here through the first few games he's had six plus grabs uh in four of his five and the one game that he didn't was against dallas and the cowboys were just all over carson wentz i mean we can sit here and say that the cowboys defense is absolutely legit uh they can dial up some pressure and parsons looks like an absolute beast in the nfl and they gave wentz a hard time uh but he had a game last week eight targets six grabs 62 yards so like that four and a half uh steve says an interception today sense of urgency prime time he doesn't think carson wentz will throw that much um i do have him for a pick though He's got a pick in at least one pick in four of his five games, and he's got six interceptions on the season. I did go with Mooney here at 45.5 receiving yards. If you're just going to pick one prop from this board, I would rank him like Montgomery receiving yards, then Curtis Samuel catches, then Montgomery catches, and then into Mooney. So it's been a couple decent games. You know, if <laughs> it's just 45.5, right? It seems yeah. like such a small number, but he is targeted deep down the field using some of our free tools, ADOT, Air Yards, Target Share, things like that. You see Mooney uh, with a, you know, a high ADOT over the past couple of seasons. So you could do this on one grab, two grabs. Uh, before we move on quickly from this game, Daily Handles says commit over 27.5 receiving yards. I'd just stay away. You know, it's just a, yeah. it's, it seems like a high number, too high of a number for a team that really is running the football. And 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 a guy in Montgomery who's second on the team in catches yeah. and like almost first on the team in receiving yards is crazy. What did you think about the comments from Ron Rivera when the reporter, did you see the reporter when they asked about the NFC East? So uh, a reporter sure. in Washington, a reporter, let me catch you up. Reporting in a reporter in, in Washington asked Ron Rivera about the division inside the NFC East. You know, the Eagles are off to a great start. The Cowboys are off to a great start. The Giants as well. And asked what was the issue in Washington. I'm kind of paraphrasing. And Ron Rivera said quarterback. And there was awkward silence forever. And then the reporter said, well, you know, Dallas is doing it without Dak and Cooper Rush. The Giants are getting it done with Daniel Jones and no weapons to pass to. Um, So what's the issue here in Washington? And Ron Rivera, basically, he just threw Wentz under the bus. Like (laughs) he said, he's had some moments, you know, he's, he's played okay this season, uh, but he needs to be better. Yeah. And I get the comment like quarterback, but the defense hasn't played great this season. The defense didn't play great last year. It's not all on Wentz. But I, on the flip side, 
this Wentz is like the 13th different quarterback they've had since they let go of Kirk Cousins. Clearly, quarterback has been an issue. I want to ask you if that was a fair comment. I know you didn't hear at all. I'm throwing a lot at you. And how long is this leash or how short is the leash for Wentz? Like, when do we see how? When when does that move happen? And it could happen pretty quickly, couldn't it? Yeah, I think tonight's going to be a big, big test in terms of what Wentz does. I mean, last game, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he threw an intercept. Oh, he did at the end of the game. Just at the end. Yeah, he came on the line. But he had a pretty good game, though, dude. He He did. I thought he played pretty good. I think actually the pick, because I believe I watched that, um, it was a bad pick. I don't think he needed to make the throw there. I'm almost positive he didn't. You know, and this is four or five days ago, so my memory's a little bit shot. But No, you're spot on. Yeah, and so you, you know what I mean? Like, Ron Rivera's comments, he's an old school guy. Nowadays, you get a lot of players, coaches that are like, hey, you know, we're not going to throw our guys under the bus. Ron Rivera is an old school guy. If you, he, he very much believes in accountability. If you're not pulling your weight, he's going to let you know. He's a defensive guy as well. So I think that his leash for the offense is a little bit shorter than what he might do for the defense. But that being said, the defense has underwhelmed, and it has for the last couple of years it's underwhelmed with some of the moves they've made and, and the people that they've had. Uh, but I think that the NFC East in general is playing good because it's not just quarterback play. These offensive coordinators are doing a great job of getting guys the ball that need to get the ball and doing it at the right situations and times. And that's one thing that I can't really say for Washington. Um, you know, I don't think that – that they're doing a great job with that just right now. You know, they have a lot of weapons on the outside. I mean, yeah, Carson Wentz is is not playing the greatest, but you got to switch something up then. You got to find easier, quicker, you know, more efficient ways to get those guys the ball. And now you got, I won't say a mess in the backfield, but, you know, Antonio Mm -hmm. Gibson can't be happy, right? You know, with what's going on, they have a lot of questions that they need to answer. Um, and, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. A lot of these other teams have answered the questions that need to be answered, and they're sticking with what they do, and they're doing it well. Uh, and that's why the NFC East is surprising everybody this year. You know, yeah, it really is uh, absolutely surprising, right? To see those three teams up at the top. Um, the o- last week they were the only division to have three teams with three wins, and now they have you know still undefeated Eagles and, and four wins for the boys and the Giants. All right, that's it from tonight's game. I mean. Do you have a side? Which side would you lean? Who do you think wins this game? Um, I do. Oh, this is tough. Uh, it's it's hard for me because I think that on one end, I want to pick Washington because I do think Carson Wentz will play good tonight. Um, and they have the guys that should beat that Chicago defense. But, I mean, Chicago, for what it's worth, they handle business for the most part. When it comes to winning games, they're two and three. They didn't. I didn't think they'd be two and three at this point. Um, you know, they find a way to do it. So um, if I'm going to pick a squad, I'm going to go ahead and go Chicago. I think that Washington has like just it. too much stuff going on right now with that organization. Dan Snyder's in the news as well. It's like, there's just too much going on right now. I know. You know? I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the Bears too. I think, I think it's the Bears. Uh, look for Montgomery to potentially have a good game and maybe a Brian Robinson breakout. If I'm calling touchdowns, I'd, I'd say maybe if Justin Fields rushing touchdown or a Brian Robinson rushing touchdown. Uh, we don't have much time. Let's chuck up the board for Brian, though. If there's a game that you want to talk about, one that you're looking forward to, I always like to hear your thoughts on this. You see the four teams on by. Is there a matchup or two that jumps out on the page, uh, something that you're looking for this weekend? Yeah, I think that the biggest one, obviously, is Bills, Chiefs. The, the biggest two are Bills, Chiefs, oh, yeah. and uh, Eagles, and what Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, those are the two biggest ones, obviously. 
for obvious reasons. But I think the one that I actually do want to see uh, is going to be Jets and Packers. And for the reasons that I, that I stated before, yes, the Jets are exceeding some expectations. By now, a lot of, a lot of people picked them to not even have won a game yet. So they uh, found a way to get a couple wins. And the Packers right now, I mean, that lost the Giants, given the Giants are playing well. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a surprise. Uh, it really is with how strong that defense is and uh, how Aaron Rodgers spreads the ball around. I just wouldn't expect them to have lost last week. So uh, I want to see if the Jets can continue to take steps in the right direction. They have a dangerous uh, running back room right now, especially with Brees Hall. And they spread the ball around. Like I said, they're number two in target uh, differential. So everybody's getting a chance to make a play. And that's, you know, Joe Flacco and, and Zach Wilson are doing a decent job doing that. So uh, want to see if they can take that next step and beat a, a contender and, and put themselves on the map, so to speak. Man, could you imagine the the tabloids in Green Bay area if they find a, if they lose to the Jets and the Giants in back-to-back weeks? Yeah, I, mean, it would be nuts. I think the Jets are going to hang. I think they're going to hang around. Really like Absolutely. what I've seen from Brees Hall. He's trending up in the right direction. You mentioned those weapons. I would like to see Green Bay run the rock a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Use those two backs and yeah. run. It's like That's, it's yeah. like Rodgers. Rodgers, you have nothing else to prove. You don't like, why do you, why are you chucking to 40 times? Like, like use these backs, run the rock. They're playing at a bit of a slow pace. You know, even Dylan and Jones last week were, were really efficient running between the tackles. So they just didn't get a lot of touches and the game was on, on the line at third and two. I thought they'd hand it off to Dylan on one of those plays. And it was yeah. both, you know, passing and Rogers not getting on the same page with some of his weapons and batted down, but credit to Dayball and the giants and what they're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Like, Culture, we're seeing some teams that, Culture. right? We're seeing some teams that you know heading into the season nobody had really high expectations for the Giants or the Jets or the Jags, but we're seeing these teams kind of hang around, and it's uh, it's refreshing. Always refreshing to chat to you, uh, my guy Brian Cook five underscore four underscore six uh we'll chop it up again next week uh Mm -hmm. thanks guys for taking the time to hang out we'll say goodbye to brian for now and we will break and bring in neil parker more football talk eagles cowboys and some nhl talk as well on mean streets keep her locked Welcome back in. There he is, my guy, Neil Parker. Neil Parker bets on the Twitter machine. You can catch him over at Sportsbook Review, sports betting analyst. Uh, as I said off the top, Neil, good buddy of mine. Always a soft spot in my heart, man. Every time we get together, we get to talk uh, some sports together on uh, Anthem Sports Entertainment. We can go back 10 years ago, you and I over in Toronto, Anthem Sports Entertainment, chopping it up just like we will do now. Let's save the hockey talk for a little bit. Uh, let's. We were just talking football with Brian. Uh, he was looking forward to the Cowboys and the Eagles matchup tonight. Didn't really get to die, or this weekend we didn't really get to dive into it. I know the Cowboys are close uh, to your heart. The Eagles are close to mine. We'll put the biases <laughs> aside a little bit. But when we were together last week with Pat Mayo, we were doing a little golf charity. You and I chatted about the Cowboys defense. We were like, "Why are the Rams favored as much as they are?" And what did we see? Much much as what we've seen all year, the Cowboys defense, absolutely legit. No Dak this week. Cooper Rush again. What do you think of this matchup? Uh, Eagles are favored by six at the link. Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky enough to cash in those Cowboys money line tickets the last two weeks. I'm not quite as confident this week, Chris, obviously. Uh, third road game in four weeks for the Cowboys. Tough trip up to uh, Philly. And it's at night. Might be cold. You know, it's not a it's not a great lean for me for my Cowboys, but I'm going to give them a puncher's chance. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to root them on, man. And uh, I hope we can pull it off. And then uh, I guess realistically, that would uh, be first place in the division with the win. Right. 
crazy. Like (laughs) here the Eagles are off to this fantastic start, but if they lose this week and clearly that would mean a Dallas win and the Giants find a way to win all of a sudden three teams up at the top, just like that. But uh, good for maybe two of those three teams to maybe punch their ticket in the playoffs. Cause we're looking across the league, some question marks in Tampa, even though they're finding ways to win the Rams, as we mentioned, don't look all that great on offense. The offensive line doesn't look good. The Packers, you know, a tough loss to the Giants last week. And it's not gonna be easy. I don't think against the Jets, they're kind of hanging around with some teams. I think your boys will cover. I, I jumped on it early five and a half. I see six now. I think it's going to be a tight game, man. I think, you know, it's Dallas's defense has just been so good. Like, talk to me about Parsons. Like, this guy is a generational talent. Yeah, for sure. I was lucky to grab a, a future this summer on him for most sacks. I probably should have gone defensive player of the year, but the odds were better for the sacks. But anyway, it's uh, it's something I'm, I'm tracking. Um, I just feel like they really put him in situations to succeed uh, and allow his athleticism to take over. And that's so important, right? Um, I I do worry a little bit that he won't be as effective this week. I I do really uh, appreciate the talent and the, the blocking on the uh, offensive line for the Eagles, obviously. And it's just a really well-rounded team. It's really hard to, to find a weakness with the Eagles. And so again, I can see them hanging around. I absolutely agree. But if it does turn into a shootout uh, or it does turn into a high-scoring game, I really don't anticipate the Cowboys having the firepower to keep up. I mean, Cooper Rush is protecting the football. um, But if the Cowboys don't win that turnover battle, then they're even further behind, in my opinion. And I really don't anticipate them putting up big numbers against the Eagles defense. Who knows? Maybe that changes, Um, Mm -hmm. but we're going to need some explosive plays. And I haven't seen a whole lot of that from them really, uh, especially through the passing game and against good and against good teams. Right. 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 That's the big thing. Say like Cooper Rush has done a really good job and he's undefeated dating back to last year. I mean, he's never lost obviously as a starter. That's great. But you know, in, in those games that they've won, they've won on their defense. If they had Dak, I mean, they're probably winning by, you know, a couple scores. So uh, it's nice though, that they're, you know, treading water for sure until Dak gets, and, until Dak gets back and healthy and they haven't been able to no need to rush him back with winning some of those games. Tyler, check up this, uh, the week six board matchup board. So we left Cowboys and Eagles off just so we can talk about them. Is there a matchup here that you're looking for? Is there a pick that you like early or just a game that's really intriguing in your opinion? I've got a couple Chris that I, I identified earlier in the week. Um, First, I jumped on the Buccaneers right away. I just, this is Tom Brady finding his form against Kenny Pickett. Um, Mm -hmm. and the Bucks defense is obviously strong. And even with that showing against, uh, Kansas city, where they weren't as effective, they still have the third ranked defense by deal away, uh, and their highest coverage grade by POF PFF, sorry. So I really don't anticipate Kenny Pickett having a whole lot of success and Brady has this highest success rate in the league the last two weeks. So he seems to be finding his form with those receivers. And I just don't think that one, the Pittsburgh Steelers can uh, keep pace and two, like stop Tom Brady and the, uh, and the Bucks <laughs> offense. So like, you know, and let's just, I mean, to cement it, TJ Watts out and the Pittsburgh secondary is also banged up. Um, and so they're going to have multiple starters either out or playing at less than hundred percent. And that puts them even further behind the eight ball. Yeah, it does. And I know some people are calling for Mike Tomlin's job. I think that's, I think that's kind of ludicrous. Like the guy's basically been 500 his whole career and we've seen other teams have losing seasons when they've lost their franchise quarterback, right? Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Um, this, you know, Big Ben was 
clearly near the end of his career, but it's uh it's a big change, right? When you lose a guy like Big Ben and you're starting with Trubisky and you're going to Kenny Pickett, it's not a big surprise to see the Steelers struggle on offense. Uh, I know Tomlin's made some interesting choices, um, like play calling and things like that over the past couple weeks, but I don't think he's in any danger of losing his job. What else here is is um I mean Chiefs and Chiefs and Bills should be fantastic, right? Mahomes is a dog at home for the first time in his NFL career. We have the the highest total on the slate. Uh, that should be an interesting game. I don't know if we should even bother to talk about Russ and the Broncos, another primetime game. But is there anything else here on this list that uh, catches your eye? Yeah. Uh, the other um, outlier that stood out for me was the Ravens and Giants. And that's just because the Giants have faced such an easy schedule and the Ravens have faced such a difficult schedule. Um, the Giants probably should have lost last week in London, let's be honest. And so, yeah. you know, uh, that's more the Packers beat themselves. They're in the second half didn't come to play. So trip back home Ravens, obviously uh, coming off a little bit of a short week too, but I just really like their uh, overall team. And, and I don't expect the giants to be able to contend with Lamar Jackson um, Ravens third and DVOA sixth and PFF overall grade versus the giants at 18th and 31st respectively, right? Ravens sixth toughest schedule so far, as I mentioned, giants ninth easiest by DVOA, right? So that's where I'm coming at from that one. I just think that eventually sometimes we get so focused that uh, just take a step back and right. six, six weeks ago, would we have given the giants any chance to pull this off or, you know, they, they potentially could have even been, um, double digit underdogs. Right. So that's just my take on that one. And, and I really do anticipate the Ravens having strong showing. Yeah. And a credit to Dayball, what he's done, right. I mean, if you're a giants fan, you have to be just as ecstatic of what you've seen, not just the record, but the play calling, right. It's got guys in motion. I mean, last year, just with Garrett there and, and judge these guys like quarterback sneak on their own eight, third and eight, like just like crazy things that we saw last year, they couldn't get Saquon going. It was just there was no creativity at all in their offense, and I've seen it so far this year. But Tyler chimes in and says Lamar is twelve and zero against NFC teams in his career. I did not know that, so even better uh, to back the Ravens. But I'm definitely nice trend, nice trend. Yeah, nice trend. That's a good one. Yeah. We'll take that one, Tyler. Um, yeah, I like the Ravens as well, and I, I think like the Ravens should be able to push the pace and score some points. We'll have to see Jones throw the football and just like, he's just lacking so many weapons. It can't just be all Saquon. They're going to have to get some healthy bodies in there. Eventually, Neil, you got some hockey picks for us and props hang tight. We'll break. Uh, we'll come back. It's a busy night in the NHL schedule, 10 games on the ice. Neil's got some shot props that he likes and we'll wrap up the show with a couple other props as well on the ice. So keep her locked. We'll be back in a couple. Chris Meany and Neil Parker. Twitter handle is Neil Parker Bets. So I think he's got some NHL props for us tonight. We have 10 games, dude, on the ice. It's a lot to kind of break down, but you got a couple shot props that you like. I got a couple in the next block I'll share, but let you have the mic. What's your first one here, dude? Uh, right away, Chris Kreider, um, over 2.5. I mean, he's coming off his career high shots and shot attempts last season. He paced the Rangers in both. And then in the opener, he had five shots and eight attempts again. So um, it's hovering right around even money, which is always a plus when uh, I'm looking for shop props and shopping around for shop props. So um, definitely like Kreider today uh, at that close price. And then the second one is uh, Alex Tuck. Everybody loves the Ottawa Senators. They made great moves. That's fantastic. Yeah. But I'm not looking 
or I'm sorry, I guess I'm not anticipating their, you know, possession metrics to all of a sudden be fantastic. They're still going to give up plenty right. of shot attempts. They're still going to be, you know, uh, a team to pick on in these markets. And Tuck was plus money, right? Uh, he went over 2.5, his, uh, his total tonight in nine of 15 final games last year. And he finished third on the Sabres in shot attempts for 60 minutes for the season. And I know he's a player that you really like too, Chris. I mean, he just oh, yeah. shoots the puck. <laughs> he's, he loves to shoot the puck. And, yeah. you know, he, he just didn't get that opportunity in, in Vegas, right? He's kind of buried on the third line, second power play unit. You know, throughout the playoffs, we saw him sometimes in a top six role. But right away in Buffalo, like we just saw an increase in ice time, power play time. Uh, yeah, he's a... He's a fan favorite of Buffalo. I can tell. Like, I mean, he's <laughs> from the area. He's embraced, you know, coming there uh, and, you know, getting time, whether it's with Tage Thompson or Skinner on the second line. He's going to be on that first power play. I think you said it perfectly. Everybody loves the Senators, <laughs> myself included. I like the moves, yeah, right? You bring yeah, in the absolutely. Guys, a two-time 40-goal scorer. You got nice young players in Drake Batherson and, and Josh Norris. You got a banger in Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, bringing a veteran. He's going to help the power play Shabbat on the back end. But who else do they have? right? It's like, they're very weak uh, defensively. They're going to give up a lot of rubber. I'm with you. I think we see a lot of goals in that game. Six and a half is a high number, but I think we'll see six or seven goals maybe combined from, from those two guys. Did you have a third one you wanted to share? Of course, I love the tuck one. It's fantastic. Yeah, well, I'm going a little bit uh, further, even deeper in the odds in uh, Miro Hishkin for the Stars. So he oh, nice. projects to take over the uh, quarterback role, the number one power play unit with uh, John Klingberg gone. And when I was digging deep, uh, Chris, with the statistics, I mean, last year, Klingberg led the stars in shot attempts for 60 minutes with the man advantage. So clearly that's a, uh, a setup. That's a plan for the stars to attack with the man advantage. And some of those shot attempts are obviously going to carry over for uh, Heaskin. And Miro's the man, right? It was plus uh, 158. So. Wow to go over 2.5. So for me, yeah, like, and when I'm shopping for props, uh, shop props, Chris, I'm really looking for plus money. Um, Your winning percentage doesn't have to be as high and you're often charged a way higher VIG for branding players. Um, You know, if you want to get Alex Govechkin over 4.5, it's, it's going to have a healthy VIG and you're going to over, you know, you really have to, pack together some winners and it's the NHL it's hockey all it takes is oh, yeah. a couple hit posts couple block shots and next thing you know he's got two shots on the night exactly yeah I didn't think some people are getting into NHL shot props in our discord like wait Matthews hit the crossbar last night that didn't count as a shot wait why <laughs> and that's just a conversation for another day but you're right uh, you hit a post or two you go high off the glass it's like oh my goodness like Pasternak's great but you're paying at minus 150 for Pasternak we don't have much time. We got to get out of here, but I really like the Ducks power play with Klingberg and McTavish and, and the kids last night. And I think, you know, both defensemen like Klingberg will benefit from being away from Heisken and, and vice versa. Heisken will benefit being away from Klingberg. He'll quarterback that power play. It's a pretty good one in Dallas. Neil, fantastic, man. Appreciate you jumping on. Neil's going to be a regular, I hope, on this show as well. Neil Parker bets on the Twitter machine, sports betting analyst over at Sportsbook Review. Check out all of his content. Uh, you will not regret it. We got a couple more picks to wrap up. Mean streets have a good one neil we'll be back thanks in a couple. chris cheers buddy 
Welcome back, guys. Going to rapid fire through this final block. Really just wanted to give time to our guests and Neil and Brian, uh, more so than listening to me ramble. The Joker, I would go with Jeff Wilson over Dave Montgomery. It's really close because it's a full point PPR league, but I would play Jeff Wilson, and I think you're locked and loaded with Ramondre as your RB1. I got him ranked as an RB1 top 12 running back uh, this week in a really good spot against uh, the Browns. Here's a couple shot props, and I got some point props as well. Going to have a whole lot more in the FTN bet tracker. Tyler, if you want to chuck up the shot props, uh, I do believe we got Thomas Shabbat on there, who is clear two and a half and 13 of his final 17 games dating back to last season. We have Kevin Hayes on there as well, who is clear to 12 of his 15 uh, games dating back to last season. There we go. Matthew Kachuk, good, good number here. Tough matchup against the Avengers, but I do like Kachuk. He's going to get a lot of time, power play as well. A couple parlays there because these guys are juice. Hughes and Debrinkat and Kempe and Marcia. So, and then quickly, as we get out of here, the, the points prop, if you have it. Shabbat, Marner assists, Lekkonen point. 24 points in 37 games with the Avs. Kessel was really impressed, in the, impressed with him on the top line with Jack Eichel. And I think Hughes and DeBrincat find the back of the net. Good luck tonight. Um, football picks, NHL picks, and we'll be back tomorrow. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.